five years ago, we totally thought travel was too expensive and it's not just about like saving money. Like we're actually using it. We're using travel as the way to get out of money when most people use affordability of travel as the reason not to. Hey guys, my name is Mick Krzyzewski and welcome to episode 14 of That Remote Show, where it's my job to interview location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn how to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. I am super excited for today's episode because it's with my good friend Mitch Lohr from BudgetTravelSecrets.com and we got to discuss this crazy experiment that Mitch and his family are performing this summer through which they're going to try and, wait for it, pay off $20,000 of debt by long-term traveling. And the reason I'm so pumped about this conversation is that this is one of the biggest misconceptions that people have about travel. They assume that it's really expensive and that they need to save up like thousands of dollars to be able to afford even a short stay in a place like Europe. And in this episode, you're going to find out why that couldn't be further from the truth. You'll hear about how Mitch and his family are going to spend several months in Europe and not only do so affordably, but so cheaply that they hope to pay off all of that $20,000 of debt. We got to dive into the strategies that Mitch and his family use to fly for free between the U.S. and Europe, how they're able to find completely free long-term accommodations to stay at. That is super awesome. They have figured out the system and they stay for months on end for free in Europe uh, and in other places of the world as well. And you're also going to find out why settling down in the U.S. after having a baby was the worst advice Mitch has ever taken. Uh, but before we dive into the interview, consider heading over to thatremotelife.com, uh, the website that hosts this podcast, and signing up for the email list over there. And send me an email with any thoughts you may have about this podcast or the location independence scene in general. I read all emails and I'm really looking forward to connecting with you guys, uh, the listeners of the show, and hopefully I will have the chance to answer your questions and discuss ideas on a future episode. So don't be shy. Head on over to thatremotelife.com, sign up for the email list, and I will also send you uh, the must-have tools for digital nomads that I wish I had before I hit the road for the first time. I remember the first time Sarah and I went over to Europe. I was like, oh man, like I wish I had brought this thing and that thing or that I had left behind this thing that I thought I would really need. So I really wish that this was something that I had before I headed out for the very first time. So when you sign up, I will send that over to you via email and feel free to just hit respond to that email and I'll get back to you as quickly as I can. Well, all right, guys, with that out of the way, I won't hold out any longer. Let's dive into this exciting interview with Mitch lore all right guys well welcome back to that remote show uh today on the podcast i'm super excited because i have my buddy mitch lore on here from budget travel secrets and we're talking about a topic today that is pretty wild uh how to get out of debt debt by traveling so mitch welcome to the show my man how are you doing what's going on i'm doing great stoked to be here man Oh man, I'm so excited because when you told me about this like experiment that you and your wife are doing, I was like, this is awesome. Let's talk about yeah. this because 
I kind of know what you're talking about. I kind of understand the concept here, but I think this is going to shock a lot of people because I remember when I like when we told uh, my parents and my girlfriend's parents that we were going to go travel. And, we, and I mean, at that point, we were making like no money, right? And they were like, oh, yeah. I don't know how you plan on doing this. Um, but like yeah, irresponsible so anyway. youth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but let's, before we dive into that, tell me a little bit about how, like, tell me a little bit about you. Tell me about your situation, um, about, you know, you have a, you know, just kind of give me a little bit of background and then we'll dive into how this concept came around and how you plan on doing it. So tell me about uh, what you guys do. For sure. Um, so my name's Mitch, obviously you guys know that. And then I, I have my beautiful wife, Sarah, and my one-year-old daughter, Indy. And uh, we have been, so Sarah and I have been on and off like what we call like full-time, like location independent since like last October. Uh, but we didn't start traveling full-time until February this year. And then we traveled full-time for a couple months in Europe, which we'll get into Um before we had India actually. So that was like a buy a one way ticket till you get pregnant type of thing. And then <laughs> we the get into that. That was the plan. Yeah. I was like, all right, we'll just go out until we get pregnant and then we'll come back when, when <laughs> things are when nature calls, I guess. <laughs> I didn't know that was a plan. I mean like, you know, we've been friends for a while and I knew that you guys got pregnant while you were traveling, but I thought it was kinda of like a oh shit. Uh you know what well, are we... <laughs> yeah, I think people are afraid to ask like did you guys mean to do that? Like, cause like, <laughs> did that ruin your travels? And we're like, no, that totally was the plan. It was like, if we have like, we, cause we didn't know if we were going to have like infertility issues or anything. It's like, mm. well, we'll just go roam until, until, uh, until life takes us somewhere else. And did so you go was, to like, did you go to like specifically romantic locations to like, you know, spur the mood, <laughs> set the mood, yeah. <laughs> You know, just being in Europe, it's really easy to make that happen, I feel like, yeah. just like with the American nostalgia of what they think Europe sure. is. And like, I mean, first stop was the, was the south of France for a month. So I guess it set the, it set the move pretty perfectly right out the gate. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, gosh, why are they spending so much time in Paris? You know, it's like, I get it. But, <laughs> uh, but, anyways. Uh, but so yeah, tell so that's, uh, yeah that, that's kind of like where we've kind of been in over the last couple of years. I work remotely. So you guys know I do Facebook advertising. Um, I do white label Facebook advertising and work with a couple of agencies. Um, one agency in specific right now. So, but yeah, I've gone through a handful of agencies and whatnot. And that's how we kind of fund some of the stuff that we do. The majority can of it you, at. can you really quickly just explain like what exactly is white label Facebook advertising? Cause I think people, you know, some people might not know that. It's like, wait, what the heck is that? No, that's a great question. Um, so like white labeling is basically working as a ghost in a machine. Um, so like instead of being a W-2 employee for an agency, I'm just a contractor. That's the that's really the biggest difference um, mm -hmm. without getting into the technical side of it. So it's like I just get paid a retainer every month rather than getting a W-2 paycheck with like all the taxes and all that fun stuff. It's just like working as an independent contractor or freelancer in a way too. Right. So you essentially work with agencies so that you don't have to actually hunt down the clients. You work with agencies to then get you the clients that you do Facebook advertising for. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And what is uh what does your wife do? Does she does she have a job or is it My just wife you? Is a full time mom right now. She actually like she does it, she dabbles in a hand in a bunch of stuff. Like she's got some handmade jewelry that she sells on Etsy and um, it depends on how our travels are. Cause like she doesn't lug around all of her jewelry equipment. Um, but like that's a little project she's got going on and then she sells skincare. Um, 
but yeah, other than that, like her kind of her stuff right now and her focus is just mainly on keeping the little one occupied and helping her grow as best they can. And I hate to say it this way, but like keeping her out of my hair while I'm trying to get as much work done as possible so we can play whenever we want. <laughs> Dude, being being a being a stay at home parent, you know, it's sometimes like the most difficult job. Like I feel like I feel like some people are so happy that they're not the person in the relationship that's staying home because they get to like leave. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I guess in like man. a traditional sense, but like, yeah, yeah like but... for me, oh man, I can't even imagine doing work with like a little one there or something like that. But anyways, without getting into that topic too much, I want to hear about how this concept came around first because it's such a, I think this is such a wild concept for so many people that you're going to try to save money and pay off debt while you're traveling. Yeah. So first, can you kind yeah. of like tell us what the idea is, what the concept is, and then how did you even come up with this quote unquote crazy wild scheme? So I'm going to try like my, I'm going to tell the story of how we kind of came about it. Because if I just say like, Oh, this is the concept. People will be like, what the crap are you talking about? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, yeah, like starting off. So the, the big realization that my wife came, my wife and I came to when we were first married, we've been married for about, it's been over four years now, but, um, when we first kind of got exposed, it was the, it was the four hour work week, just mm -hmm. like many people in this space. I mean, the first book you read and it ruins you for life and you can never think the same again. I like, always tell people that's totally what happened to us. I always tell people it's a digital nomad Bible. Like yeah. you should go. Yeah, read yeah. It. That, that and vagabonding by Rolf Potts. Mm -hmm. That's like, those are my two go-tos. I read those at least twice a year. <laughs> and so those books definitely ruined my mindset. And I was actually working at a technology retail store at the time at the time as a fruit stand i don't know it starts with apple or starts with a ends with plle mm -hmm. um and i was working there i was like there's no way i can achieve this lifestyle working at a retail location so i've actually got to change the game and so i won't go into the details of like how i got to where i am professionally but i will let you know that my wife and i were sitting there wondering well how can we make this happen it's going to be a long road for me to get to generating like five plus k a month in order to pay for hotels or Airbnbs every month and airfare and all this stuff. So we tried to look and find the cheaper ways to travel. And of course we found the frequent flyer game, um, the travel hacking, which is, uh, it's almost mainstream, I'd consider it almost mainstream in some senses, at least in those who want to work remotely. Um, but the other thing that we noticed that the, the big game changer for us was this thing called house sitting. Mm. And it's literally where we go watch people's dogs while they take their vacation. And instead of boarding their pets, we just stay at their house and like water their plants, feed their dogs, walk, take them on walks. And it's actually any plants, but we or any dog or any uh, pets, not plants. There we go. Um, any plants, property, that type of thing. Like you just take care of it for them. You get a free stay when you do it, um, and it like totally eliminates the cost of like having to stay in a hotel. So. We tested it out in the United States with just like some friends and family. And we're like, hey, like we'll we'll watch your dog. You guys are on a vacation. And um, kind of tried it on first. We're like, oh, we could totally do this. And then we started looking internationally. And that's when it was like, we kind of were flying by the seat of our pants, man. Like it was not like, let's just go and figure this out. It was, hey, we booked a three week, it was a three and a half week house sit in the south of France. Like, let's go out there and then like we have three weeks of travel. I mean, that's worth a, a plane ticket out there anyways. So it's like, sweet, you get a free three week stay. Of course I'm going to go to France and pay a thousand dollars for a ticket if that's the case. 
Um, and then right after we booked one in France, we booked another one in, oh crap, I'm going to get it mixed up now. We booked uh, another two or another three week one in Spain in South of Spain by Malaga. And I was like, holy crap, we just got six weeks of free, of free accommodations. And then we messed around with some credit cards and got some points racked up pretty quickly and then ended up flying out there for 98 bucks. And <laughs> so it was $98 to get out there. And then, uh, we actually, once we were out there, we didn't have a return ticket. Cause then that's when we're like, Hey, let's just stay out there and see how long we can stay. And it turned into just under four months of us hopping around France, Spain, Portugal, uh, London. And then we did, um, we did like a three day stint in Paris where we did not house it, but we just like got an air or we, I met with one of my buddies and we just split a hotel room with him. Mm. Uh, so what the crazy thing was though, is like getting into the real details. Cause I know whenever we talk to people about this, they're like, well, dude, how much did it cost? And the breakdown of it was flights from base. So flights from New York to France, to Spain, to Portugal, to London, back to Paris or to London to yeah. Uh, London, man, I miss, I'm missing one. I can't remember. I need to get my wife in here cause she's the one who remembers all the details. <laughs> um, it was Portugal. And then we went to, we went from Portugal to Paris and then Paris over to London. And then we flew out of London and, and flew into Seattle or flew into Boise actually where I'm at right now. Um, and all of that. So all those flights plus it was like 14 weeks of accommodations was like, was $509 total. Wait, 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 wait. So all of your flights <laughs> And the accommodations that you had to pay for, not including obviously the, the house sitting stuff. All of that was $500. Yeah. So we were out there for a total of 14 weeks. We stayed in an Airbnb for a total of eight days in between. Like some of the houses didn't line up perfectly. So we had like two days in a hostel or a day, a day in a hostel. And, and, uh, or, and then we took a, we took a break. Cause sometimes you do need breaks from like babysitting dogs all the time. So like mm -hmm. we took like a three week break, like I said, in Paris and we like went into Disneyland and a bunch of other stuff over there, which was really fun. But just for flights and accommodations, like because of house sitting, eliminating 13 of the 14 weeks. And we had, we used points to cover our flights there and back. And one of the inter, one of the inner flights we used just like we had some points on a credit card that didn't really transfer very well. So we're just like, what the hell, we'll just use it then. So we used those and all together is like $509, $510. <laughs> so when you're when you're in Europe, when I'm in Europe and I'm flying in between, I don't use any points during that because mm -hmm. of like Ryanair and Wizair. Do you do the exactly. same thing? Yeah, just because they're already yeah, yeah, so we cheap. Save points for long haul ones. Yeah. yeah, it's basically any flights that we can get under. Well, it depends. Like, there's a bunch of technicalities to that. Like, it's the whole like cost per cent or uh, right. mile, uh, cost per mile, and or cent per mile. There we go, CPM. Um, cent per mile type of thing. We don't need to get into that because it's like really technical mm -hmm. stuff. But like we, uh, that's the thing is you can get flipped. That, and a lot of Americans for some reason, I don't feel like realize how cheap it is to get to Europe. So like our whole goal was just to land in Europe and then find a cheap flight. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. We found like, I think our flights from, yeah, dude, it was our flights from Southern France to Portugal were like 18 bucks a person. Mm -hmm. And we bought them four days in advance. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, we had, um, yeah, that's like the strategy that I always tell people. Like when we're heading over to Europe in, in a month here, a month and a half, 
Um, Sarah, my girlfriend, who is our flight wizard, she found our flights to Ireland for 150 bucks one way. Yeah. But then yeah, afterwards, yeah. like it's almost free in Europe. Like I know we flew from Berlin to Barcelona once for $11 a pop. So it's super cheap. The, the moment that you get to the European continent, it's yeah. just like the prices drop dramatically. Um, yeah, the the eighty percent. I like. I don't quote me on these percentages because I had this broken down. Like I had it broken down. Like when we first were doing it, because I was obsessed with the financials, which I'm getting to that point again. Now that we're gonna go do it again, um, but it was like over eighty percent of our costs were just like eighty percent of those five hundred dollars that we spent. One hundred and twenty one of that was from the Airbnbs, and then the rest were just from intercontinental flights, mm. like budget flights within Europe, because everything else was covered. So. so- I want to get your I want to get your tips on finding good house sitting houses. Yeah. Um, but before that, I want because this is something that I know I'm going to forget to ask if I don't ask it now. Um, mm-hmm. When you're house sitting and you kind of said that you know you you got to all of, you got to see all of those places. Were those all places that you had a house sitting gig at, or when you're house sitting, are you able to like pop away for a weekend or something like that? Um, or is yeah, that a this frowned is upon? awesome, dude. No, no, no. This is a great question because it is so conditional. <laughs> so what I mean by conditional is everything, like everything, everything comes down to communication between you and the house sitting host. Mm. So I know one of our hosts, they were like, Hey, just let us know if you guys are going to go away for the weekend. Cause we know that you're here for like a month. So if you guys want to like go check out one of the the tourist destinations that's like an hour away, just let us know and we'll just have our neighbors come and check on the dogs. We just didn't want to do have them check on the dogs for an entire month type of thing. Mm, yeah. um, so it really depends on the type of house, like because yeah, here, let me let me get into this because it's 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 it comes down to communication and you're not always going to find people who are completely chill with you doing that. Like in our in the one in France that we went in, like the dogs were relatively old, like. They had, like they were older dogs. They needed medication three times a day. They needed walks twice a day. So they're very, um, I don't want to say needy cause that's not the right word. Cause it was, they were still pretty low maintenance for the most part, but it was like, we needed to be present. It yeah. wasn't like we can just go city hopping for nine hours every day. Like you do when you're on vacation. It's a very, it's very intentional way of traveling when you're doing those longer term house sits because it's like you can slow travel and we still hit all the places on the weekends, we'd still go out for four or five hours on the weekends and hit these destinations that we were like close by. Like when we were in, um, yeah. So like when we were in Portugal, we were like smacked out of in between, we were in a little town outside of the, this college university town called Coimbra. It's in the center of Portugal and it's literally like an hour and a half South of Porto. And I think an hour, an hour North of um, Lisbon. And so like we were there for three and a half weeks. So we're like, oh, sweet. Like we'll just plan it out. So that way Friday morning, we'll just get up early and go hit Lisbon for the day. And then we'll be back by 4 p.m. And that way the dogs aren't away for, or we're not away from the dogs mm-hmm. for very long. Sure. Um, but it's not like your vacation where you can just. Yeah, pop All out. Right, and, we're yeah. just using a place to sleep <laughs> and we're going to get up and we're going to be out. We're going to go out at sunrise and come down at midnight. So that sort of thing you can't do Okay, that. so. My girlfriend and I had a trusted house sitters is the really big website, right? Okay. So we had a trusted house sitters account, but we never really got anywhere. And it's probably a combination of us, A, not knowing what we're doing and B, us not like pursuing it actively. So let's take the us not pursuing it out of the equation. But 
how can somebody who is just getting on now a find really good locations and then b i'm guessing it's kind of like airbnb right or any of one of those chairs where you kind of have to like build up a rank right so like how can people how can people kind of like get started and what should they look for when they're picking a place perfect questions um your questions are always so good. All right. Um, I'm going to try and like for that. put this in some bite-sized morsels here. So the first things first is your profile, just like it is on any social media platform. And I know Trusted House Hitters is not a social media platform. By the way, Trusted House Hitters is the site that we use 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. So like we'll check out other houses. We'll check out like there's one called Nomador dot com. There's one that's like housecares.com. Um, there's a bunch, there's literally dozens of them now. Uh, there's one specific to Europe. There's one specific to Australia, but we 90% of the time go to trusted house sitters. And I think that'd be the best place for most people to start. Uh, the reason is, is because it's such an easy interface to work with. Like it's so easy. It's the biggest Uh, also, right? Yes. It's the biggest. And like, yeah, and it's getting to the point, like, we've noticed just in the year and a half that we've been casually house-sitting um, rather than, like, doing the full-fledged where we're trying to line them up back-to-back full-time. There are so many more house-sits now than there were this time of year, like, in 2017. Like, there are so, there's there's probably, like, I'm not, a st- I'm not a statistician on this, but it's, like, I'd say there's at least 20 to 30% more house-sits. Like, back in 2017, you could never find a house-sit in Portugal to save your life at any time of the year. And I looked yesterday, yes, two days ago, and there were like four or five that were available Mm. for the next coming months. Um, So getting into your questions now, finally. (laughs) You're good. Uh, The the biggest thing with Trusted Houses is like like I said, is setting up your profile in a way that people like, it makes it easy for them to digest who you are. People want to like, when people are looking for uh, someone to come watch their pets or even their homes, like, those are usually the, like you want to talk about like valuables or physical, like, um, yeah, like, like valuables, like your home is one of your number one assets. That's most important to you. And then your pets are like family. Those are living, living, um, breathing, breathing family members that people have. So that is the biggest thing is like creating a profile that embodies trust. And the best way to do that is put a big family shining picture. Like if you're a part of a family, like put the biggest smiles that you have on or any picture with the biggest smiles that you guys have, put that up. And usually like our, our profile has a picture with our little dog, like it in like portray what you want them to see, like what they're looking for. Mm. Um, so that's the biggest thing. And I know that like I went into a lot of detail just to, tell you like profile picture and build trust but that is seriously the biggest thing like um as a marketer i use a lot of the marketing tactics that i use for bid to help people grow their businesses in building my trusted house sitters profile and that's like i don't blow them up when we're applying for places i don't sit there and like send an application with five paragraphs all about why they shouldn't they should have us as their house sitters we literally send them like two two, two sentence paragraphs. Like that's the most we'll ever say anything about them. Um, but usually it includes a personal connection. Like, uh, we landed a house sit with a boss and then we actually had to cancel because my wife got super sick and pregnant. We, so we had, dude, we had like five months planned of house sits in Europe, but we had to cancel two months or a month and a half of them 
because my wife was too sick when she got pregnant out there. And one of the ones that we landed was, oh my gosh, you guys have a Boston. Like we have one too. Like, like a Boston terrier? Boston like terrier. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, dude, like that, that's how we opened it up. And that immediately created a personal connection. Mm-hmm. And our application, I remember specifically was two sentences. It was, dude, Boston's our absolute favorite dog. We have one at home and we miss him. We'd love to house it. So we could, we could have a little bit more of that Boston humor. Cause it's kind of like an inside connection that we know like Boston's are goofy dogs. We'd like, we'd love to house it for your dog because we miss that Boston humor and make us feel like home. Hit us up if you want to do an interview or if you want to reach out and give us a call. And it was like two, three sentences. And we, we nailed that one right out the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sorry. I kind of like digressed there. No, um, no you're good. Make so should people, do you suggest that, uh, you know, like let's say somebody makes a trusted house sitter's profile and their end goal is to go and do it in Europe. Um, do you suggest that they build a profile and do like one or two locally wherever they are? before they like go in another country hundred percent especially if you've never traveled internationally definitely like and even if you have like i would strongly suggest like doing it for a friend or family like it's the low-hanging fruit it's the three f's like friends family and facebook like hit your friends and your family up in your facebook and say hey i'm thinking about doing this thing called house sitting but i want to do a test run can i like are you guys planning a vacation or like you usually know when your friends and family are going on vacation so you can like hey what are you guys doing with your dogs or what are you guys doing with your cats like we'd look is it cool if we come and house it for you so are you saying that they that that these people i really like that by the way friends family facebook i've never heard that before the three f's that's good um but are you saying that those people should go on trustedhousesitters.com create like a listing in it or just so that you experience it or are you saying yeah, it more like to like get before the... you even like invest like so there's one of two ways if you're very adventurous and you're cool with being like uncomfortable and like putting yourself in situations that you might find yourself uncomfortable in like just sign up for stress house sitters and start going for it like there's nothing that's going to hurt you but if you're like i'm not sure this sounds kind of weird like because when we tell people what we do they're like you guys do what like that's kind of odd um like definitely give it a test run, like do it for somebody, you know, because it, it doesn't cause that because there's a stress that comes in when you're like, dude, I got to keep these plants and these dogs alive for the month that they're gone. And even though that may not seem like a hard task, like there's still like the stress of like something might happen. And uh, I mean, we had, we got evacuated from one of our, our house sits because there was a forest fire that came a hundred feet or a hundred yards within the house. So like Stuff oh, happens remember, when you're doing house sits. I remember <laughs> that. I remember you posted yeah, about it on Instagram. Crazy, man. <laughs> Yeah, that was actually the last card. My wife was like, I am done. Get me out of it. Get me out of Europe. I want to go home. Like I'm super pregnant. And like the smoke was making her super sick. And like, Mm. she's a trooper for lasting it out that long. But that was like, stuff happens when you're doing house sits. So like, just be aware, like, it's like stepping into real life in somebody else's shoes, which I, that's why I love it though. Yeah. So it, with trusted house sitters now, obviously I know that it's in the U S I know that it's in Europe and it's in Australia, right? Cause is this something where like, if somebody's going to like, let's say like Southeast Asia, is this something that can also like, can you find house sits there or is it just those locations? Yeah, no, um, they're not. So the, like the ones that you just, you just rattled off right there. So the Australia, Europe and the U S those are where you're going to find the most, like uh, the most amount of house sits. But like Southeast Asia, they're popping up actually pretty frequently now. Um, the like, so I've seen some in Africa and even in like in like Joni or down in Johannesburg. Um, I'm seeing some down in South America a little bit more now. 
there's actually a ton in Central America, uh, Central America, or there was a wave that came through. I think it was like some holiday that they had um, where there was a wave like in, I saw three or four in Costa Rica when I never usually see any in Costa Rica. Um, so like it's, think, it's just... Are those mostly ahead. like expats in Costa Rica or is it like locals? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. It, that's, the, that's the other funny thing is like we showed up to our first couple of house sits or like when we showed up, I mean like we showed up on like a, a FaceTime interview or a Skype interview. And they speak like perfect English. They're living in France. And it was funny because we're from um, my wife and I, we, we live in Arizona. That's our home base. And our first house set was to an Arizonian who moved to France <laughs> like <laughs> eight years ago. And he's like, oh, yeah, man, like I used to grow up. He's like, I grew up like down the street from where you guys lived. I was like, that's so weird. So, yeah, like we and like the same thing when we, we house sat in London, it was an American couple that um, they were working over there and. Mm. They wanted to stay based over there because they wanted to travel. So a lot of people have a lot of the same values as like uh, nomads and, and expats and that sort of thing. So it's it's a pretty cool little world. So let's talk a little bit more about this concept around like how do you plan on getting out of debt through travel, right? <laughs> yeah. Because I, I understand that a big one is obviously, you know, covering your where you're living, you know, like your accommodations. Mm -hmm. But what are some of the other things that you think like, what are some of the other areas that you plan on travel helping you with in terms of, like, costs? And can you start off by telling us, like, how much debt are you in, if you're comfortable with that? And how much, how much, like, yeah. are you planning on paying off? Yeah, so um, kind of playing off this, continuing with this story of what I've kind of told you guys and how we kind of discovered this is we went out and did this, this three and a half, four month trip to Europe. And we had this cool experience. We're like, holy crap, like we just pulled this off for dirt cheap. That was really cool. Now we have to have a baby. And so I did everything that everyone told me to do, which was <laughs> probably the biggest mistake is like, oh, dude, you're having a baby. You guys got to settle down. Like you guys got to get like you got to go probably get a steady job because I was freelancing at the time. Um, you should probably go get a steady job. And because I, I had experience in some of my professional stuff, like I had lost two of my clients and like as any freelancer or any entrepreneur knows, like there's the up and downs that you're going to go through mm -hmm. in your earlier years. And those were still my, those are still my earlier years. And I was just like, Oh crap. Like, I don't know how to keep clients consistently type of thing. And lost two clients. My wife's like, dude, we cannot go through this again. Like we like where the finances are up and down. So everyone's like, dude, you got to go get a job with good benefits and that sort of thing. So I went and worked for a marketing agency. We got an apartment and we kind of started like settling back in and it was bad because even though on paper, it's what everyone said to do, like in my gut, I knew that was the wrong thing to do and I still did it. Mm. But it was like, okay, I went and got a job at a stationary agency. They talked about remote being an option, but it ended up not being an option. And then here we are with a $1,200 $1, a month rent. We had our car which is another thing, like there's all these payments of just stationary life that start to come creeping back in. I was making like, I was making like five or 10 grand less, or I was making, so I was making about $600 less, five, uh, six, $600 to $1,000 less a month than I was when I was freelancing. And, but it was steady. So mm. that's what everyone wanted. Like, and you know, steady income. I'm guessing benefits were included and you taxes, you didn't have to. Yeah, yeah. 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 So like all that, like it was great. But then because they recognized how miserable I was after being go after globe trotting for four months coming in and saying, cool, well, I'm going to go set some roots down and like really do this. Like they're like, did you need to not be here? <laughs> 
so they gave they were really great like the agency i was working for they were great because they gave me six weeks in advance they're like hey you got six weeks to get on your feet like even though six weeks isn't enough um but they're like yeah you got six weeks on your feet to basically like go do something else we can tell you're an entrepreneur at heart because i was like i mean i i would question everything they were doing i was like hey that doesn't really make a lot of sense let's think differently about this and Mm. and uh just wasn't a good fit overall. Like it was the best thing for both of us. Um, so like no hard feelings there, but it's, that was hard because I had a one month old and I'd lost my job. Yeah. (laughs) So everything we'd like settled in, like with my wife being three months pregnant, we'd settled in and had everything set up for a baby to come. Baby came, everything crashed technically because my wife was on maternity leave. She was working at the time. And that covered our rent, basically. <laughs> her her job was, because she was working part-time, that covered our rent. And then um, I was all of a sudden out of work. And every day I'd literally wake up wondering what I was going to do with the day to try and make money. And I won't go into details, but it was like, those were like my entrepreneur. That was like my, those were my sweat equity days. And I'm, and I'm just so grateful they're over with. But like, dude, I was like, I was, I was flipping furniture out of like a storage unit. I was, I was doing anything and everything I could to just make an extra buck. That's when I started playing on Upwork and like getting some other freelance clients there. Longer story longer on this <laughs> is we not, we racked up about, um, I think we did the math on it. It was just under 10 grand in debt in four months because I had no income and we were living straight off of credit cards. That's exactly what they tell you not to do when you get into the travel hacking game, is do not use your credit cards if you can't pay them off. And we disobeyed the golden rule and like found ourselves just, I mean, we racked up debt like crazy, because it was like, we had medical bills from the baby, we had just our living expenses, and then like, it was like, that's when it rains, it pours, like blew out a tire, had to get all new tires on our car, and all that kind of stuff all started happening. And, so um, how much how yeah. much debt did you say you were you were in? So from that we've racked up. Uh, so we had some student loans just kind of flirting with us, and then we had some just like like our car stuff, um, our, our car payments, and like some other stuff that had just been sitting there in the background that we just hadn't taken care of, which I wish we would have. So right now we're sitting just around the twenty k mark, which sucks because mm-hmm. like we were like we were we were doing all right i mean we were with student loans and a car and everything we were sitting about like i think we were sitting about like nine we're sitting about like nine grand ten grand but now we're about the 20 more we're a little over the 20 mark and so so the plan is to uh, go to travel and uh-huh. use that to pay off that 20k yeah so check this out so we've got this math down now like i just we were crunching numbers the other day and i'm excited to kind of reveal this because we haven't even revealed this to the budget travel secrets community yet um which is but, your website and your community which we can talk about yeah yeah that's our community like um yeah budget travel secrets is like our community where we're basically like because we just like to experiment with budget travel and so we had a success we'd like to call it a successful experiment besides the forest fire and, and deciding to cut our, our trip short and getting and like the whole pregnancy thing, like we didn't anticipate my wife getting sick. So we were like, okay, well, here's the thing is if we aren't paying rent, that's $1,200 of spending that like uh, based off of what our living expenses were down in Arizona, that's $1,200 there. And then I was like, well, if we're going to go take off for five to six months plus, um, sorry, give me two seconds here. <laughs> my bad. All of a sudden my computer started blowing up, so I had to turn off notifications. Um, continuing, we'd have this expense of $1,200 and then I was like, Hey, like we should sell our car because that's like a $200 payment. Plus like 
$190 in insurance every month. That's almost $400 is like sweet. And then we still owe like seven grand on our car. That's seven grand. And I was like, sweet. Then let's go ahead and like, if we can generate like roughly, it's like 800 to 12 or 800 to a thousand extra dollars a month with maybe my wife picking up some work or actually or, um, getting more involved with the projects that she's in and generate uh, extra $800 a month plus the $400 on top of what we would be spending on our car. That's not including gas, which I'm expecting we'll, we'll be spending on like taxis and stuff anyways out there um, as we travel. But if we back these, if we line up house, it's enough. We don't have to pay rent. We aren't driving our car, so we don't have to pay a $400 a month payment on that. And then we have all of these other ways that we save money, like with how we basically like on everything, like how we rarely ever check a bag and how we travel really light with baby. And, um, I mean, we've got, you can do, we've covered all these little itty bitty details that add up over time to where I was like, Hey, if we do this for six months, that's like, that could amount with us selling our car and getting out of seven grand that could amount to about $17,000 of debt. Mm. In just six months, if we're paying an extra thousand to twelve hundred bucks off a month, are um, you planning the locations that you're going to be going to in terms of like, are you kind of like planning on going to locations that are cheaper to live in, anyways, um, in order to also reduce the other costs as well? Because that's something that you're like keeping an eye on. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, we kind of already like we've we've been playing with this actually. We just got done. We spent um, a month and a half in Mexico, just like for the month of February and March. Um, and that was a lower, I mean, we were, even though it was a, a vacation destination down in Cancun, Playa del Carmen area, like we paid $600 in rent and ate 16 cent tacos almost every other day. And like costs were pretty, pretty inexpensive there. Um, so that like, we'll probably mix it honestly to answer your question more straightforward. Um, I know we actually will find out from a house, uh, on a house that we have applied for. And they said like, it looks really, really good to, it's a 25 day house set in Norway, which would be really cool. Cause I know you and I have a contact up in Oslo over there with Jason. Mm. And, uh, yeah. So like, I know Norway is a little bit more expensive than say, like, uh, than say Bulgaria. <laughs> like we've talked Bulgaria uh, a lot. I'm going to tell you a lot more expensive <laughs> without, <laughs> And so, like, I know for a fact, like, my wife's like, hey, if we go to Europe again, like, we have to go to Greece. So we may check out Greece for, like, two weeks with mm -hmm. an Airbnb um, just for, like, kind of like a bucket list type of item. Type of item. Um, but honestly, if we can eliminate just the cost of living, like, food costs, we can usually control pretty easily um, with, like, basically when you're doing house sitting, you live with a kitchen. You have a kitchen, so you don't have to eat out all the time. Um, so you can basically just do budget grocery travel or grocery shopping. I mean that's what we're doing now. Like we're eating ramen noodles here, but we'll eat ramen noodles out there too. It's super cheap. <laughs> and you know, man, you go to some other parts of the world. And when, when my girlfriend and I, when we were in, uh, in Chiang Mai just a couple of months ago, we found yeah. this restaurant that we ate at every single day because it was the best food to ever touch my mouth. Um, yeah. it's, it's called cow soy mai sai. I'm going to give him a shout out right now. Yeah. It is. Do you know it? Oh. No, but Calsoy, I know. I know oh, Calsoy. Yeah. So this is actually giving another shout out to somebody else we both know. Travis from uh, Extra Pack of Peanuts was like, Miko, you have to go to this restaurant. It is the best restaurant I've ever been to. And each meal is like a dollar. And so my girlfriend and I literally went there, ate. It was the best thing ever. And we actually ate probably every other day of our trip there. Um, and ended up saving money because it can be so much cheaper in other parts of the oh, world. Oh, totally, man. 
like I think we've got our like when we were so when we were in Europe before we got our our cost per meal like we got it down to like almost a science in a way like our cost per meal on average out in Europe excluding gelato was <laughs> yeah we had a whole budget just for gelato and, and like sweets out there but exclude excluding gelato we got it down to about three dollars and fifty cents per person four dollars per person mm-hmm. um a lot of baguettes and salami, but dude, it was a great. I mean, baguettes and salami out and taste better in Europe than they do in the states for some reason. So I so agree with that. <laughs> so, what about the other? I feel like the other big question mark expense here that, and to I feel like this is one of those topics that is kind of like digital nomads and remote workers that travel. Like they don't really talk about this. Yeah. is health insurance. And I feel like this is a topic that yeah. you have to have figured out with a baby because like you Dude, like- we are, in the, we are in the bush right now with this right okay. now. This is actually something we were like trying to figure out. So if anyone mm-hmm. listening knows, hit me up. I might've figured it out by the time you've listened, but hit me up because we're trying to figure this out right now. <laughs> so so you don't have an answer on this either. It's like what you guys are gonna do in terms of health insurance. So I'll tell you what I know. Okay. We don't have a solution yet, but I'll tell you what I have, I have known uh, or what I do know is- so our biggest, our issue right now, this is what kind of spurred the whole process for us is about two weeks ago, we got a notice from our insurance company that we were flagged because we get our health insurance through the state of Arizona and we don't have an address in Arizona right now because we've been traveling full time. Like we got out of our, we got out of our, uh, out of our condo or lease over there and we're done over there and we don't have an address. So we've been sending stuff to the most stationary address that either my wife and I have, which is my parents and they're in Idaho. And <laughs> well, that's where we, yeah, that's where we are now. Cause they're, but they're moving. So we don't have a stationary address that we're like trying to send stuff mm-hmm. to. And they're like flagging us. Cause they're like, you guys are like, they probably think we're trying to like, I don't know, like circulate the system or something, but we're on the verge of getting dropped at the end of this month. If we don't figure something out. So the solutions that I've come to, thanks to um, thanks to some communities that we're a part of, um, the, the location indie community, and stuff, kind of a shout out there. But I found so international expat insurance, um, so not travel insurance. Travel insurance is just to cover emergencies while you're abroad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but international expat insurance is what I'm looking at currently, and that's basically health insurance pretty much anywhere. It's a little bit more expensive, from what I can tell. Um, but we're still playing with actual price tags on those. So I can't give a solid answer to that yet. Mm-hmm. So that essentially the international expat insurance. So essentially that gives you coverage anywhere in the world or you is it like some of them like are anywhere in the world, which is a more expensive plan where it's like kind of broad, but others are, you can list the countries that you're going to be going to and mm-hmm. they'll cover you basically in those countries. Gotcha. Is there a website that people can check this out if they're interested? Ooh, is it cool if I give it to you so you can throw it in the show notes? Because I don't yeah, know okay. about so that. Yeah, okay. So if anybody is interested in this, if anybody's in the situation where, I, I, man, like I feel like this is a really big problem that isn't talked about in the community Dude, that, yeah. you know, like people were just kind of like, and I'm all for flying by the seat of your pants and going yeah. and figuring this out. And I'm all for that. But at some point you need to like say like, okay, I know Dude, you're I a digital a, nomad. A <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, I know you're a digital nomad. I know that you don't want to not pay taxes, but pay as little in taxes as possible. You know that you don't want to be, but at some point you need to start covering those things and checking those boxes and make sure you're saving money, make sure. 
hey, if you get hit yeah. by a car in, you know, like Thailand, like you need to have Dude, like some sort of, exactly. So, yeah. So <laughs> well, especially um, like with the little one, like that's our biggest fear. Like, oh, 100%. Everyone, like I don't want to make, I want to make sure like, so if you guys check out my wife's blog at Travelors, um, it, I mean, you look at it, dude, it looks like we're having the time of our lives, but do we all have worries? Everyone has worries mm -hmm. in the back of it. It's like, it's the, it's the real versus the filtered life. Right. And it's mm -hmm. dude, like our biggest fear is going somewhere and then having our daughter Indy get sick where it's like, dude, we are in, we're in Bulgaria where we don't speak the language at all or something like that. And we like have to go to a medical facility and explain what ha what's happening. And it's like, if you tell them or if they understand, misunderstand you with the wrong symptom, they could diagnose it completely wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, crap. Like, we need some sort of insurance that leave. Well, not just like there's that side of it, but then there's the cost side of it, too, where it's like everything we save to get out of debt. All of a sudden we have a five thousand dollar check in, or a five thousand dollar check we have to cut because of a medical emergency. Like, we don't want to run into that either. So, yeah. And like, I know that a lot of people like what a lot of people's like answer is going to be is like, OK, well, I have a savings account with, you know, four or five thousand dollars saved up. And I know that if I'm in Eastern Europe or in Asia, that should cover about any expenses because they don't have those issues of blowing up the cost there. But still, if it's something like God forbid, if it's something more severe and you get in that situation and you have to fly back to the U.S. or wherever you're from, you could be in, especially, man, if, especially if you're in the U.S., you could be in some serious trouble. So that's really good that there is something, at least some option, even if it's a little bit more expensive. So we'll definitely put that in the show notes uh, when you send yeah, it. Over. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, get, I'll make sure I get that over to you because I know that the other thing I know with the the international international expat insurance is there's like a there's like an underground world that I've started to kind of tap into of these nomads or these expats that will basically leverage lower cost healthcare in other countries. And they'll go like oh. camp out. And I think one of them was like in Costa Rica, I think was one of them or Puerto Rico or something, but they'll just go camp out there for a month and they'll get their dental. They'll get all their checkups and their awareness stuff done because it's super cheap. And I know that that's an option too. Dude, like, I will tell you, we have in Bulgaria, we have specific, like that's like a type of tourism. Where because in Bulgaria it's so much cheaper and they will go over there and they will get the nicer hospitals that are private but are still way cheaper than the U.S. And they'll get yeah. exactly like you said, they'll get their dental, they'll get their ice, they'll kind of like get their yearly checks. Um, I had a friend who had, um, he was like a mentor who had like an, like an eye issue. And uh -huh. the quote that he got like here in, in like Canada, because he's from Canada, was like astronomical. And then yeah. he got a contact that found something for him in India. And he said, fantastic hospital, fantastic doctors. Everybody spoke English and he paid like some like ridiculously small, ridiculously small percent of what he would have paid in Canada. So yeah. that's like it's a total like worth thing. the trip over there just to just, oh, yeah. I mean, just the trip alone is worth over there. Yeah, that, that's the thing. And I think a lot of people have the fears of like, like when you say India, like mm -hmm. there's that little heart flutter, you know, like, yeah. holy crap, dude, like, I don't know if I could go to a hospital in India. But that's the thing is like, there are, there are so like, it's especially like, and I don't want to like stereotype just Americans in general. Like, I hope I'm not coming off like that. But like, the more you get out in the world, the more you realize like, people aren't as far behind as everyone in the media portrays them as. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. Or at least there's like, and I'm not going to say like, I look, I love Bulgaria, but there uh -huh. are certain hospitals that if you like, I wouldn't go to 
You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. And that's part of doing your research when you get to a place and being a nomad and being a location independent worker instead of being a tourist is when you go there, you say, okay, I'm going to be here for a month or two. Let me find out if shit hits the fan, which hospital am What's I going to? Yeah. Right. That and that's something sense. that you yeah. need to do when you get to these locations that you're going to be at for a longer periods of time, because mathematically speaking, your chances of something going wrong in that location go up the longer you spend there. Um, yeah, so I think yeah. that that's, that's a you know, point, really man. important. That's thing. brilliant. No, um, but anyways, where can people now, I know that you're running this experiment. Are you mm -hmm. going to be updating? Are you going to be doing like regular updates on this as you go along? And if so, yeah. where can people kind of follow your journey to debt freedom through travel? Yeah, absolutely, man. So we've got a couple things for you. So um, easiest way to follow us, the, most, the, the social channel that we're most active on is Instagram. Um, and it's, it's budget travel secrets just spelled out. Uh, you can find us there that I shared like 80% of everything, 90% of everything we know, as far as budget travel goes there. And, um, actually by the time this, this airs, we'll have our free guide out that shows you how to save. It's, it's going to be 10 plus tips on how to save over $500, um, in the next 12 months of travel. It's like over, it's like over $4,000 worth of savings information in there. If you just apply like three or four of them. In the next 12 months, you can save like four or $5,000 just in travel. So um, that will be out and you can download that there. Um, the other thing is we'll be documenting all of it. I'm kind of working on the, I'm working on kind of the, uh, the strategic way of how we're going to do this in a way that's easy to digest, um, whether it's going to be blog format or, or what we're going to do on that. But we'll be documenting everything starting at Instagram and then it'll be going out to other channels. Cool. So, so that's, if you guys there. want the, yeah. So what's your Instagram handle where people can, it's just budget travel yeah, budget secrets. Travel secrets. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then your website is budgettravelsecrets.com, right? Yeah, budgettravelsecrets.com. Cool. So guys go and check that out. If you're interested in this, I'm definitely going to be following along because I think this is such an interesting topic that a lot of people are kind of like not unaware of, but they just don't even think about the fact that you can save money by traveling. They always equate it with something being expensive. So I'll definitely be following uh, along. And I think that you should too, if you're interested in this, Mitch, man, thank you so much for um, coming on and talking about this. I, I think this is a really awesome topic. Uh, before we sign off, uh, any last words or anything? Uh, just this big thing is, Five years ago, we totally thought travel was too expensive and it's not just about like saving money. Like we're actually using it. We're using travel as the way to get out of money when most people use affordability of travel as the reason not to. Mm. So it's just like, do your research. Hopefully you find the, hope you find the remote show because there that remote show, because it's like the stuff that's on here and the other podcasts and stuff that are out there. Like there are so many ways to travel cheap and make like these bucket list items a reality rather than a dream. So it's like, just get going, like start researching and go book a flight. You got to book the flight. <laughs> I can think of a better way to end this man. I totally agree. Thank you so much for being on here again. And, uh, we got to catch up sometime soon in person. 